Welcome, friends, to the Healing Our Sight podcast. This is your host, Denise Allen. Today, I'm doing something a little bit different and going out on a limb a lot to do a podcast just by myself. Uh, I know you haven't heard from me for quite some time, so I wanted to do a reset episode where I let you know what's been going on a little bit and answer the input that I've received very very little of actually over the last uh, couple of years. So I wanted to start with letting you know what's been going on with my life. Um, I, as you know, finished my vision therapy journey a while ago. I have actually not been spending a lot of time improving my vision, which makes me a little bit sad, but um, that's going to be something that I change in the next while. Uh, It hasn't gotten worse. In fact, when I went for my last visit, my eye doctor did tell me that my vision is better than it was before. I actually expected it to be worse, feeling that perhaps the the events of my life had maybe affected my vision a little bit, uh, but that was not the case. So uh, just as a little bit of uh, background on what's been going on, uh, the last episode that I recorded was with Paul and Gail Dennison. It came out last July, but was actually recorded a year previously. At that point, I was in the middle of doing weddings for my three youngest daughters. They got married within the space of four months, and it was kind of an overwhelming thing, honestly, and also left me as pretty much an empty nester. That also can be a tricky thing to navigate. I, Those of you who've gone through that probably appreciate that, but it kind of caught me off guard a lot. Um, my youngest daughter was only 19 when she got married, and I thought I would have more time, honestly, before everyone left the nest. So that was not a great reason to stop doing what I was doing at all, but it did kind of throw me for a loop. Um, I also had some technical difficulties with that episode, which I didn't figure out how to navigate. Honestly, there's not a really good reason why. And um, Gail and Paul were quite willing to redo the episode and and I take full responsibility for the fact that it took me quite a time to get that handled. Uh, In the middle of all that time, uh, between when I recorded that episode and and when I published it, I I lost my husband. He um, had gone on a trip to visit my brother, and um, they had planned this big motorcycle trip for quite some time. My husband didn't have a background in in riding motorcycles more recently. He'd done it as a youth and had just wanted to do something fun. So he put in all the time and training and got all the gear and prepared for this trip where um, he was helping my brother do some remodeling on his house. And then they went to ride this course called the Tale of the Dragon. And uh, on this trip, they navigated the course without any problem. He bought all of his souvenirs. And when they were half an hour away from my brother's house, for some unknown reason, 
he went off the road into rocks and was instantly killed. So I have had some challenges in just navigating my new life as a widow. So again, not a reason to necessarily stop doing what I felt impressed and and called to do, but that is the reality of my life right now. So I did publish that last episode after my husband's death, uh, figured out how to take care of the technical issues that I had and got that edited and published. But um, as you obviously know, I had not done anything further. So uh, this is the new version, I guess, of the Healing Our Side podcast with me being open to doing whatever people want to hear, honestly. So I did have some feedback that uh, people wanted to hear more stories. So I'll be sharing some stories that I found in a, a book that I recently read. Before I get to that, I'd like to share a little bit of an update on some of the guests that I've had on my podcast. My good friend Rebecca, who was in episode one as well as episode 11, and had been battling with kidney failure for many years, actually did pass away in March of last year, the month before my husband. I miss her very much as well. Aubrey Boss, who helped me with episode two, where we both told our story, has finished her certification and is now an optometric vision therapist. She continues to work at Dr. Jared Davies' office. Uh, In episode three, I spoke to Robin and Jillian Benoit. Jillian, as you may remember, uh, had said in that episode that she was planning to attend optometry school, and she is now uh, in optometry school fulfilling that dream of hers, and we're very happy to report that that's going well. Her mom, Robin Benoit, has written a fiction book, and uh, it's called The 80-Year-Old Sorority Girls. I'm looking forward to reading that. Erin Reynoldini continues to be the moderator for the Looking Ahead Adult Strabismus Support Group. She's still doing vision therapy a couple of days a month, and her vision continues to improve. I'll be talking with her and Melissa Daniels in my next episode, so we'll get a lot more details then. Um, Dr. Davies has moved into a bigger office, and his practice is growing. My friend Melissa Daniels who I spoke to in the next episode, it will be joining me on our next podcast along with Karen Rinaldini. And uh, Melissa continues to provide a wealth of great information and resources on her website and on her YouTube channel. And we're really looking forward to sharing more about all of that in the next episode as well. As far as her vision therapy journey goes, uh, she did officially graduate from vision therapy. Uh, She got to where she felt like her vision was stable with good fusion. And even though it's not perfect yet, she's still working on improving her depth perception and stereopsis. She compared it to a thousand pound woman trying to lose weight. And uh, she feels like she's gotten down to 300 pounds, which is so much progress. And still 
leave some room for improvement. She created a course called Mastering Peripheral, and I actually have that course, and I'm going to be working on that to see how how that helps my vision improve as well. She will give you 10% off that course if you're interested. If you put in the code HEAL10, and you can find that course on her website, durbismussolutions.com. Nathan Oxenfeld continues to teach natural vision improvement courses and adds to his two podcasts, the Naked Eye Podcast and the Better Eyesight Podcast. I have to say that I really do enjoy listening to the Better Eyesight Podcast, especially because they're reading the magazines that were written a hundred years ago. And I marvel at how things have changed, but yet not changed in the area of vision improvement. Colin Cushion is still with Vivid Vision and continues her work with iHeartVT, which is a great resource for developmental optometrists. That's what I've got today as far as updates on myself and my guests. I did promise you some stories from the book that I recently read. I'm going to limit that today to just one story. This book is available on Kindle Unlimited, and that's where I found it and uh, put it in my library. The name of the book is Crossed and Lazy Eyes, Myths, Misconceptions, and Truths by Pilar Vigara. We'd like it to be easier for people to find vision therapy than it currently is, but this is an example of what we like to see happen when people do find vision therapy. Best case scenario would have been, of course, to do it as a child. But this is a story about a man who had, was diagnosed at age five, actually, with hyperopia and astigmatism in both eyes, strabismus and amblyopia of, in his left eye, and was placed in glasses and patching full time. Not what we would necessarily want to see happen. The patching didn't actually work. It would improve his acuity temporarily during the patching time and then uh, would go back to being not so good afterwards. So the point in which he actually found vision therapy was when he went in for his first aviation medical exam. This was when he was 28 years old. He had always dreamed of being a pilot, and he was absolutely crushed when he was told he was unfit to fly. So he got a second and a third opinion, and finally uh, the ophthalmologist referred him to a behavioral optometrist in their office. I think this is the thing that we would love to see happen all the time, to have the doctors working together in the same office and being willing to refer someone to get the right kind of help that they needed. Uh, so he was in vision therapy for about 18 months and spent 20 to 60 minutes a day practicing at home. He was very, very motivated because he wanted to become a pilot. So he really did work hard at it. He was put in contacts as well. Uh, he had been wearing glasses from the age of five. So contact lenses are a great way that the doctors will take advantage of to improve the overall vision, uh, including the peripheral. 
So after the 18 month time frame, he was able to pass the exam to get into aviation school and was able to fulfill his dream of becoming a pilot, which uh, is just absolutely an amazing story. I, I love this story so much. So uh, this book, again, is is one that can shed some great insight into really what vision therapy can do and what should change in the medical industry. Please add this podcast to your library, download, and request updates. You can also like my Facebook page, Healing Our Site, and best of all, please share. I'd love your comments, concerns, and requests on that Facebook page as well. And check back in next week to hear from Melissa Daniels and Karen Rinaldini. Bye now.